This program is presented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hello, I'm Charlotte Kent, Editor-in-Chief of CDC's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. Thanks for joining me for MMWR's weekly COVID-19 briefing for the week of December 14th, 2020. In this week's episode, I'll discuss six MMWR COVID-19 reports. In the first, ACIP issued an interim recommendation for the use of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine in people 16 years and older. The second report estimates the added costs of adopting recommended prevention and control measures to reduce the risk for spread of COVID-19 in schools. The third report compares the differences in school and community close contact exposures in children testing positive for SARS-CoV-2 and those testing negative. Another report investigated factors that might affect spread of COVID-19 among workers at two poultry processing facilities in Maryland. The fifth report discusses how health centers funded by the Health Resources and Services Administration, or HRSA, have provided access to COVID-19 tests for racial and ethnic minority populations. The final report shows how telehealth is a promising approach to promoting and expanding access to care. On Friday, December 11, 2020, the Food and Drug Administration issued an emergency use authorization for the Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine. On Saturday, December 12th, after an explicit evidence-based review of all available data, the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, or ACIP, issued an interim recommendation for use of this Pfizer vaccine in people 16 years and older. The vaccine recommendation should be implemented in conjunction with ACIP's earlier interim recommendation for allocating initial supplies of COVID-19 vaccine. Vaccines initially should be given to healthcare personnel and residents of long-term care facilities. On Sunday, December 13th, ACIP's vaccine recommendation was published in MMWR. As school districts across the United States consider how to operate safely for the 2020-2021 academic year, CDC recommends mitigation strategies that schools can adopt to slow the spread of COVID-19. These strategies include consistent and correct use of masks, social distancing, hand hygiene and respiratory etiquette, cleaning and disinfection, and contact tracing in collaboration with the local health department. A new MMWR identifies the cost of implementing these recommended strategies. Costs were estimated in three categories, materials, additional custodial staff, and potential additional transportation. The authors estimated the additional costs to implement these safety measures ranged from an average of $55 per student for materials only to an average of $442 per student for materials, custodial staff, and transportation. To put this into perspective, this is an additional 0.3% to 7% increase in costs per student above 2018 expenditures. These cost estimates, although not exhaustive, 
highlight the level of resources needed to ensure that schools reopen and remain open as safely as possible. As of December 14, 2020, children younger than 18 years have accounted for one out of 10 COVID-19 cases reported in the United States. A new study in Mississippi found that children with COVID-19 were more likely to have attended gatherings or have visitors at home than those who tested negative, but not more likely to have attended school or childcare in person. Among children attending school or childcare in person, parents of children with positive tests were more likely to report lack of consistent mask use in school. Adherence to recommendations such as mask use and staying at least six feet from non-household members were also less likely to occur when having visitors in the home. Promoting behaviors to reduce exposures to COVID-19 among children and adolescents in the household and community, as well as in schools and childcare programs, is needed to prevent outbreaks at schools and childcare programs. Meat and poultry processing facility workers are at increased risk for COVID-19 given their physical proximity to other workers and shared equipment in these settings. The disproportionate number of meat and poultry processing workers born outside the United States reflects structural, social, and economic inequities that likely contribute to increased rates of COVID-19 in this population. In May 2020, the Maryland Department of Health and CDC investigated factors that might affect the spread of COVID-19 among workers at two poultry processing facilities. Compared with U.S.-born workers, workers born outside the United States were more likely to work in fixed locations on the production floor and more likely to carpool to work and live with other poultry workers. They were less likely to visit family and friends and visited fewer businesses in the week before the survey than their U.S.-born co-workers. Modified alignment of workstations along processing lines, adequate ventilation, installation of physical barriers and hand-washing stations, and staggered arrival and break times might reduce risk for COVID-19 for all workers on the production floor. Employers and health departments can also partner with local organizations to deliver culturally and linguistically tailored messages about how to reduce the risk for infection, including messaging related to carpooling and living in close quarters. Long-standing social inequities and health disparities have resulted in higher risk for infection, severe COVID-19 illness, and death among racial and ethnic minority populations. Health centers across the United States have and continue to provide testing and follow-up care to medically underserved populations. The report describes an assessment of health centers' capacity to reach racial and ethnic minority groups at increased risk for COVID-19 and provide access to testing. CDC and HRSA analyzed survey data from 1,382 health centers during June to October 2020. These health centers 
tested 3.1 million patients and identified 300,000 who had COVID-19. Among those who tested positive, 56% were Hispanic people, 15% were Black people, and 24% were white people. Coordination of COVID-19 response-related activities between state and local public health departments and HRSA-funded health centers can increase access to testing and follow-up care for populations at increased risk for COVID-19. Health centers have also played a critical role in expanding telehealth services in the United States. Since the pandemic began, telehealth has been used to provide care to patients and reduce the impact of patient surge on facilities, address decreased access to healthcare, conserve personal protective equipment, and reduce the spread of COVID-19. In this MMWR, CDC and HRSA describe telehealth services among 1,009 HRSA-funded health centers in July 2020. 95% of these health centers provided telehealth services. Health centers in urban areas provided a higher proportion of virtual visits than those in rural areas. Health centers can play a major role in expanding telehealth and access to care, particularly in the south and rural areas. Communities can improve access to care by removing barriers, including increased broadband access and support. Thank you for joining us for this week's briefing. To stay up to date on the latest MMWR reports on COVID-19, go to cdc.gov MMWR and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Stay safe and stay well. For the most accurate health information, visit cdc.gov or call 1-800-CDC-INFO.